Wine and Shine Podcast, episode 16. It's so important to find a tribe of people that if you feel like you can't relate to anybody else, then you just kind of hold it all in and just, you know, torment yourself over it. But it's like when you find a tribe of people that know exactly what you're going through, it's like you can finally, I imagine that you can feel like you can breathe again a little bit. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. Welcome to the Wine and Shine podcast with Nina and Liz. So today we have an interview with Addie Dorsett of Hayden's Heart, which is a nonprofit that was created to raise CHD awareness, that's congenital heart defect awareness, and to keep Hayden's memory, her son, alive by helping families affected by this condition. Addie is the founder and CEO of Hayden's Heart. And after her son passed away in 2012, she needed to find an outlet that would provide a positive outcome for her grief. She established the nonprofit just two months after Hayden's passing, and her husband and her have been honoring and remembering him through this way ever since. The legacy that they've created for Hayden has grown into something that Addie is truly incredibly proud and thankful for. So Addie is the mother of four sweet, cuddly, active, silly, fearless boys, Jackson, Hudson, and Grayson keep her heart beating here while she waits the day that she's reunited with her hero, Hayden. So today, we're going to talk to her about her organization. Uh, February is actually Heart Awareness Month. Perfect which timing. Which is wonderful. Um, and actually, by the time this episode airs, it will be the very end of CHD Awareness Week. So we're going to talk about how we can celebrate how we can honor Hayden, how we can bring awareness to this issue, and just talk about someone that was able to channel a really, you know, hard experience grief into something that's beautiful and empowering and how she created a tribe of women and is helping women and families across the country. So, Nina, are you going to say it? Without further ado, <laughs> here is our interview with Addie Dorsett. All right. Hi, Addie. Thank you for coming on the show today. We're so excited to have you here to talk about your experience and all of the wonderful work you're doing with Hayden's Heart. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Definitely. So just to get started, um, you know, in the intro, we we talk a little bit about CHD, but just for our listeners, if you could um, explain what congenital heart defects are and a little more about that condition, you know, your experience with that. Sure. So, so congenital heart defects, basically, um, you know, when I, when our son was diagnosed, we also didn't know anything, you know, about it. We had never heard the terminology at all. Um, but ba- it, it's, it's the number one cause of infant death and illness today. So it's in the United States, uh, it's, it's a lot more out there than people, people know about. Um, and it can range from something very simple that doesn't affect the child's life to a very fatal condition that my, that my son um, was diagnosed with. Mm-hmm. And, um, congenital is being born with the actual, but congenital means being born with the heart defect. Gotcha. Well, just to get started, you know, obviously you just mentioned, you know, you have a very personal experience with that. You know, you're, you have a really powerful story. Just tell us a little bit about that story and your family's experience with CHD. Sure. Okay. So my husband, Rob and I um, were pregnant with our second child and our first child was a, was a boy who was 
uh, at the time, two and a half when we were pregnant, when we found out we were pregnant, you know, like every couple does, they go into the 20 week ultrasound and are excited to find out the gender. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we went in to find out the gender and, um, we're kind of told that, you know, they needed to do some more measurements. And the next day I went back in and was basically told, um, that my unborn son, uh, had a small left-sided heart. So of course I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. And immediately crying, of course, my husband wasn't mm-hmm. with me, you know, which should never do that. They say, <laughs> um, but he wasn't with me and learned my lesson. And, uh, you know, basically the doctor that diagnosed didn't really know too much either, or wasn't giving into too much. So the next morning, my husband and I were put into the first appointment at a, at a cardiologist in the area. And basically after a very long, silent one hour, um, echo, we, they pulled us into an office and told us that our son had a very severe case of hypoplastic left heart syndrome, uh, which basically in a nutshell means that the left side of his heart was underdeveloped or um, not developed at all, mm-hmm. which again, terms we didn't hear or know what any of that meant. I didn't know what CHD was at all. I had never heard of it before. So of course, you know, we came home and at the time I just happened to be where I was pregnant in my the stage of where I was in my pregnancy that we were told by our doctor that we had literally a few hours to decide because at that appointment, the first thing they tell you is to terminate oh uh, the gosh. pregnancy. So, wow. so they, they give you, I mean, they give you other options for sure, but the first thing that they told us was to terminate. Um, yeah. And then they kind of say the other options, but it's that definitely was the focus of our appointment was, you know, termination. The second, second option is to, I mean, the, the rest of these may not be in exact order, but the second option is to um, undergo a three-stage reconstructive process, which um, three different surgeries that the child mm-hmm. will undergo through their child, you know, infant and toddler life. The next option was to compassionate care would bring the baby home and let the baby, you know, just live out its life or, or you know, will, eventually will die, quite honestly. The baby mm-hmm. will eventually die on its own at home within a couple of days, maybe. Um, 10 days max. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other option was to place the baby on the on the um, transplant list, which they didn't recommend because apparently babies didn't last very, you know, that obviously we all know what that means, that some other baby has mm-hmm. to die in order for that, you know. Right. So there really was no good option. You know, in our eyes, we didn't have a great option. So anyways, they gave us a couple hours. We went home, they gave us a couple hours. A couple hours. Because, yeah, because like that Monday, we're in New Jersey, you know, the term, the laws of legal termination, we were... The board, basically, you know, boarding the child work, we were coming up on that. It was like 20, I was like 21 and a half, 22 weeks. So I was like on the cusp of that yeah. um, at the time. So anyways, um, you know, no choice for me um, in my mind was to just, you know, have the baby and, mm-hmm. and do the surgeries and give the baby a fighting chance. Yeah. Um, so that's what we personally chose and to each their own. Everyone's different. But anyway, so we had, we, we, that was our first exposure to, to CHD. And then we, you know, obviously ended up having Hayden. Um, he was, Born March 12, 2012. Two days after my um, birthday. <laughs> oh, like that. birthday buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had him at CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, because it just was, I mean, even though it was two hours from here, it just seemed like the best option for us. Uh, we just got at home there. Um, they knew their stuff. They were ranked one or two in, in the country at the time. So we had him there and um, he did really great through his first surgery. Uh, we came home after three weeks. He had open heart surgery at four days old. Wow. Which was again a whole nother like ball game of like I mean I had a child so yeah yeah I mean once you have I mean for some families it's their first so they don't I mean obviously they know it's not the norm but for me I knew what the norm was mm-hmm. I had a very normal child that had no issues whatsoever in any shape so but he had surgery at four days old we came home at three weeks 
he now went back in. He spent half of his life in the hospital, just, you know, little things here and there and another second open heart surgery and, and, um, you know, August, end of July, beginning of August. And then, you know, through um, some surgical issues, he ended up uh, passing away um, August 16th, 2012, basically from a brain injury after some things went wrong with a surgical process. Mm. So um, it was completely unexpected. Um, I mean, life shattering. I can't even put into words what that experience was like um, losing a child, you know. Um, I mean, as parents, we love our kids more than ourselves most days. And so it was a, it was a, it was life altering in in many ways. I can't even imagine. I know you used this grief and this terrible, terrible story that you've been through to help other women and other families who are going through the same thing. Can you just share a little bit about how you kind of took action and created this nonprofit coming out of this situation? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it was, I mean, I've been asked this question before and I'm just brutally honest. So the foundation started basically out of selfishness for myself. I just needed something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally was walking around my house lost in pain, literal, literal chest pains of what's right. Angry. I was so angry. And I hated the feeling um, that I didn't want his life to make. I didn't want to feel angry when I thought of any part of his life, whether it be the death, anything. So I just started the foundation. And every time I felt that anger, I would literally sit at my, at my table and start figuring out ways to move forward, make his life more than anger and make it, make it he meant more than that. He, he deserved more than that. So, That's so brave. And he had such a following. You know, he had like 25,000 followers on his Facebook page oh, um, wow. that we had started when he was in utero. So by the time he died, like 25,000. I just felt like, what a waste if I just thought, okay, his life's gone now, mm-hmm. you know. He had this big support system. Yeah. And everyone prayed for him and loved, I mean, yeah. people were literally loved him, you know. So it was kind of like, I just felt like what a waste that would be just to let that all go down the tubes. And I honestly needed something to do that was going to focus my, I was so angry that I needed to focus it on something positive. And so we just started we're really small. And it's like, every time one event was over, we would, I would start another initiative or start something new just because I needed to keep going forward. And I just knew he was meant for more than that. So did you not even think it was going to develop and what it developed to today? You kind of just started it as this healing process for you. And then now look at where it's at. Exactly. Yeah. When we started, it was just to give me something to do, literally. Wow, and then it's so become, I mean, we had our um, a gala this past October or September, was in September uh, with our board members and 300 people. And then we had our annual board meeting uh, a couple of weeks later. And it was like, we were just all in tears, like, because some of them have been with us since day one. We mm-hmm. started in October of 2012. And it's like, wow, we're only four years in the making. And I mean, to, we laughed at the first events that we hosted, just literally, I would call people pulling stuff together, you know, just we have to do this. And then it was like, and now here we are, this like pretty big organization at this point. Yeah. So amazing. Well, tell us, um, you know, we we looked and we saw just these beautiful pictures oh, of Hayden and his smile. So and just, <laughs> I like that you said yeah. his eyes and his smile were just what lit you up. And it's so true. You can see that in the pictures. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, so just tell, yeah. I mean, he was here for just such a short while, but, you know, from from what we have found in, in looking at your organization, it just sounds like he had such, I mean, not only the impact continues today through your work, but just, you know, you, there was such an impact in his life with the people that knew him. You know, you, you talked about the Facebook page. Like, how how have you seen that impact carry over from those that knew him during the short time he was here with us? 
Yeah, you know, he was magnetic. I mean, it was everyone, and not many people actually met him in person, but it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. He literally taught people to love harder and live fuller. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but it is so true. I mean, I have, even to this day, my best friend will say every night she puts her kids to bed because you never take it for granted. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, not that that she wasn't before, but like she would switch off with her husband or she'd be like, okay, you know, let's hurry up with this book. She'll literally, you know, people had changed their life. Like he literally, he made people realize like never take it for granted. And again, so cliche, but it's so true. People learned a lot from his, him. I mean, just enjoy each day and you never know when it's the last and love harder, live fuller. And what a gift your kids are. Your kids are, I mean, and anyone that you love, but you know, your children are just such gifts that you just don't know how long you have them for an appreciation of just the small things. Like I remember I had posted a picture of after Hayden had passed away of myself and Jackson, my oldest, um, and then Hayden, I was reading them a story and it was, you know, we hadn't been home for so long from the hospital. I remember being in the hospital just aching to be with Jackson too, mm-hmm. who was my first, you know, child of love. And I mean, I just, I remember just being like, I just want to read them a story. I just want to sit in bed and read my kids a story together. I want to put them both to bed in the same house. I don't want to be in the hospital anymore, you know, mm-hmm. with Hayden and and we got to do that. And I remember posting that picture and just saying, like, don't take it for granted because you have no idea. And, and he taught people things like that. That just, again, like, so sounds so cliche and you say it, but this was for real. This was really impactful. It doesn't sound cliche at all. It's so, I mean, it's just so beautiful to me that something so amazing can come out of such tragedy. And I love how you have just found the the good in everything. And even when you're talking about it, I'm not thinking that's cliche at all. I'm like, that's so true. Yeah. Like, it just makes me reflect Simple and moments think. moments are, are yeah. everything. Yeah. That's all, you know, that's exactly. all we have. You've started a lot of little organizations within Hayden's Heart. And I see that you've started like, you're looking at building a place for families to get away and you have care packages. And can you just talk a little bit about some of the small acts that have come from Hayden's Heart and how you're helping other families who've gone through the same situation? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we have, um, you know, I'm one of those, I'm like a busybody. So that we have our hand in a lot of different aspects. We help the surviving families uh, with care packages, like you mentioned. Um, we send to now five cardiac units on the East Coast. Uh, we're hoping to venture, you know, across the country in, in time. Uh, but we send th- three different care packages a year to five different hospitals to families fighting. It's once for Hayden's birthday that's coming up soon, and one for his angel day in August, and one for Christmas, just to provide some, like, you know, support there. We also send what we call our Grieving Hearts section. We send Grieving Hearts care packages to bereaved families like ourselves, just to, I mean, we know it's not going to fix anything, but maybe just some comfort for them. We host our annual fundraisers. We have five fundraisers a year that we support. Um, a surviving family, we send a, a significant amount, a chunk of change to them after the event's over that supports them and, uh, you know, just their medical bills, expenses, et cetera. And we also do the retreat, which is the house is kind of a spinoff of the retreat. Uh, mm-hmm. called um, Healing of the Heart Retreat that I started in 2015. And all the things that I just listed before that are, are for sure impactful to the heart community, you know, um, no doubt. I'm not going to downplay that. But this retreat, I don't even know that I can put into the word impact that this retreat had has had and, and hopefully will have on the mothers that have attended. Um, basically, the retreat is for bereaved heart angel moms. So women who have lost a child due to a congenital or acquired heart defect. 
And basically the impact, I mean, it's life changing. I started it in 2015 for my, again, for myself. <laughs> um, I just felt still almost three years out so alone. So, mm-hmm. the, so I un- understood, alienated from the world. Uh, I just can't, couldn't explain it. To any, I just felt something was missing. My grief was just not moving in a direction that I felt, even to the foundation, but I still felt so lost. And so, I don't know, just alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started this retreat after inspiration from a woman actually in Canada, um, Landon's legacy, she calls it Amelia. Her name is the mother. Her son passed away and she started a retreat in Canada. The first one was in 2015. Um, 24 of us gathered together who, I mean, I don't know that any of us ever met each other before actually. And the impact leaving after three days was astounding. I mean, um, and I don't think we realized it till like soon after we had left. We knew it was an amazing experience there, but then leaving it was like, like almost a craving that we needed it back again. Like no one ever, ever understood us like each other did. I mean, we poured our hearts and souls literally out to each other for three days straight yeah. and left there with relationships that I could never, I don't even know how I survived the first couple of years of my grief now looking back. I think I just fogged through it, you know? It's so important to find a tribe of people that if you feel like you can't relate to anybody else, then you just kind of hold it all in and just, you know torment yourself over it. But it's like when you find a tribe of people that know exactly what you're going through, it's like you can finally, I imagine that you can feel like you can breathe again a little bit. It's insanely. I mean, it, none of us experienced, expected the experience that we got out of it. I certainly didn't. So yeah, so we, so we hosted another one in 2016. Same idea, the whole, you know, people that you, like you just said, you know, just come together and you feel, mm-hmm. you know, like a community of people that you really belong with. And, um, you know, uh, so uh, because of that, I have started this initiative of um, Haven House of Healing, um, this project that's a huge, huge dream of mine. It's pretty big. It's a pretty big dream. Uh, but basically, it's to build our own retreat house on the East Coast to host and be able to service so much more than what my Healing of the Heart Retreat can do. And it's the, the, the house will not just service heart families. It will serve as any type of grief. Uh, as far as losing a child or a sibling um, or a parent, things like that, it, you know, it's going to reach any kind, any any kind of bereaved community. Mm-hmm. It is so needed, and just the healing powers this yeah. retreat had for the few women that we touched. I can't, I don't know. It's it's it, it's so needed. Sadly, I love the idea of, you know, I'm sure when when something as tragic as this happens, and you're in you know, just the same place day to day. Like you feel like you can feel like you can get away and talking with people, but you're still like physically, I would imagine altering your environment and going just to a relaxing place full of support would just be so powerful. Mm -hmm. And just change, just changing the atmosphere, you know, a, a different location. And then to have, you know, people around you to support you, that's just even better. We're excited to see where that goes for you. How far along in the process are you? Um, we're, you know what, I've learned it's a very slow process, yeah. <laughs> um, so, which is not how I usually work. So it's been a little difficult for me. Um, but we're, we're just, we, we basically, um, are still in the, in, I just gotten my plans from the architect, the first draft I got last week. So that's really exciting. Uh, hope to work with him in the next, you know, week or two here on just some, finalizing the rough draft of what we want the house to look like. Um, and our grant writers are, are ready and waiting to start writing grants to, companies because, you know, this is going to be a huge undertaking financially. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to need a lot of financial support mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to make it happen, which is, you know, I mean, it's going to take years. I, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that and, and I'm okay with that. Worth um, it. But it. Yeah, it will definitely, it will definitely be like, I mean, hopefully life changing and for anyone who's able to be a part of it. Yeah. 
how can our listeners participate in um, CHD Awareness Month? Which is this month. Yeah, February. which is February. <laughs> um, it is this month. So this month is technically Heart Awareness Month. CHD is the seventh week. We, we get a week, it. whole week. But we, we, we raise awareness all month long. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's technically the seventh through the 14th is our week. So, I mean, there's, you know, for, there are several ways that we can, we can work together on this. Social media is like, what a, what an amazing tool, right? Oh my so, gosh. Yes. I mean, I can't even, where were we before all of this? I don't right. even know, um, <laughs> you know, but for, in, in particular, uh, our foundation is hosting a really fun challenge this month in general, um, not just the week. And we're doing a sing your heart out for Hayden, uh, hashtag sing your heart out for Hayden. Sing your heart out. Well, we are both singers. Yeah. So we will sing we'll away. Sing. <laughs> we will you sing away. We have to do it. We will. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. I mean, we wanted something fun and catchy. And so it's called Sing Your Heart Out for Hayden. And what we're having, we're challenging our, our supporters um, to, you know, our family did ours first. We posted the challenge, which is basically to sing a, you know, a song that has the word heart I in it. I saw that because I think I just, I just friended you, you today. I'm not sure if you noticed, <laughs> okay. but our Wine and Shine podcast page friended you. Okay, great. Uh, and I saw that and I just thought it was a cute family moment. Honestly, I was like, oh, wow, they're adorable. <laughs> I didn't realize it was forcing your heart That's out, which is awesome. awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, we are a fun family, but not that fun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, that was the challenge. So basically, we dressed a little funky and yeah. had a little fun and did a little. So basically, we're challenging everybody to, in the month of February to um, find a song with heart and get your friends or family together, be funky and fun, just have fun with it. Um, and, uh, you know, challenge free friends, ch- tag free friends and challenge them to do the same. And then, if you know you you want to uh, donate, we have a text to donate number. Um, pull it up. I think it's seven seven nine seven seven, or on our website haydenshart.org. Um, you know, five dollars. We're asking everybody to, to donate five dollars um, and hopes to raise five thousand dollars for Hayden's fifth birthday that will be this coming March. So, oh, awesome! Wine and shiners. We're doing. Be it. ready. You're wait for your tag. Yes, I love it. Because me and Liz are going to sing and they're going to, yeah, don't worry. We'll get some, of, we'll get our listeners on it. And yes. I can't wait to donate That's for this awesome. cause too. It's so wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love Thank that you. it's singing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I am a choir director and Liz went to nice. school for music as well. She's also a vocalist. And so when you said that, I was like, wow, how perfect for the podcast, for that's Hayden, awesome. for Heart Awareness yes. Month, everything. For music. For music. Oh, that's yeah. So, yeah, right. <laughs> that's so cool. Oh, good. That's awesome. Well, I mean, my singing, I am certainly not professional, as you could tell, but... Oh my gosh, it was know, the best video. Fun, right? I really loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. That'd be so cool. You know what? Really? So we were going to initially have, and you can talk about this a little bit because I saw them on your website, um, Colby Wine, Colby Red Wine. Yeah. Yeah. So we had... um, We actually had drank it before. We have. We saw it and we Mm. saw where the proceeds went. We're like... Well, heck yes, we would buy a bottle. Mm-hmm. Of this. And then I don't know if everyone in the Columbus area, or at least in my grocery store, like was feeling the Colby Red. Now that it's February, oh, how funny! It was out, yeah. which I guess is good. Yeah, no way. But yeah. So I actually I was bummed because I was like, we're gonna drink it while we have it on. Well, we've had it before; yeah. it was very good. But um, I think um, we'll go back and we'll we usually go back and redo the intro and kind of lead into the podcast. And we're definitely gonna try and hunt for the wine. So yeah. we'll we'll get it a rating. Yeah. We'll give it a rating here. Okay. 
Awesome. Yeah. You know, we had friends over last night and they actually, we had a bottle left over from the retreat that they had donated and uh, my girlfriend drank the entire bottle. She's like, I just drank the whole thing. She's very proud of herself. She's She's definitely enjoying it over the course of the day. They're amazing though. That, that, that organization is amazing. They, the first year they sent us, I think like three or four cases of wine, the second year, the same. And then this year they actually have sponsored two bereaved mothers to attend the retreat and are also still sending their wine, which is oh just incredible. Well, you know, I just realized we were talking about this, but we didn't really explain what happens when you buy the wine. Did we oh, explain that? did I? No. Well, we know and she knows, but I don't know if our listeners know. Right. <laughs> so do you mind explaining that really quickly for them? Sure. So the wine, so, okay. So Colby red wine. I mean, I don't honestly don't know, you know, a ton about their organization yeah, other mm-hmm. than what I've briefly read, but basically that, you know, Colby is a, is a child. His name, now he's not, he's 17 now, I believe, or, um, in the teen somewhere. Um, and he has, was born with a congenital heart defect. I'm not even sure which his defect was, but basically his parents, um, started this organization called Colby red and it's wine, and they basically use the, mon- the money that they raise towards from the wine they use towards CHD research and and helping families and fund different parts all throughout the community. That's awesome. I love. I just love hearing these stories about people that that have something that that are driven by action. Yeah. That have something happen, and they're just like, you know what? We're we're not gonna. I mean, not that we're not gonna be upset about this, mm-hmm. but we're gonna deal with it and we're going to make something really beautiful out of it. So what is one piece of advice you would have for a mother going through an experience similar to yours who might want to channel their grief into action or who needs some words of affirmation in the grieving process? You know, the first thing with loss and grieving in general, if I could give any advice on that part first, would just be to be patient with yourself, Um, be patient with your journey through it. Um, And there's some moms that we had at our retreat that, you know, the last two that had said, gosh, I wish I could figure out what to do in honor of my child or how to do good in their name. And, and just be patient in general, like not only with, with, you know, how to move forward and to channel it into something more positive, but just in general, everyone grieves differently. It's like, you know, I once referred to like a snowflake, every, no grief is the same mm-hmm. for two people, um, men or women, you know, um, mothers, fathers, anything, um, allow yourself time in that, in that regard. But for me, it, it became, it was instinctual to start. Um, to do something, you know, in, in Hayden's name, in a, in a good, positive direction, just because I felt that I didn't know how I would survive. It's something small, you know. We always talk about this at our retreats too, because those mothers are struggling. They want to do something, but they want to, you know, they don't know where to start. Start small, I would suggest. And that's how we started. People now are like, "Wow, but you're so big!" Like I could never take that on, and I never did either. It wasn't how we started. We started out with one event. It was a, a, a very small event with a hundred people, which wasn't a lot of people. Now looking at the events we have now with almost a thousand people at our wow. annual five Ks, you know? So it's like, you start small and just don't put pressure on yourself and, and it will happen. It'll come around and, 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 and good. You'll do good for the family that you're doing it for or the organization, whatever it is, you'll feel good about yourself. People feel good about doing things for you too. Yeah. That's the amazing thing about this world. It's that it just turns and, you know, goes around with like so many people have come up to me and said, thank you for, allowing us to support your mission. It makes, you know, me feel good to do mm-hmm. something good for someone else. So I don't know. I would just say, you know, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself, especially if you're grieving. I mean, there's nothing worse than trying to force something, but right. um, just be patient with yourself in the process and, and um, what will, what will come out of it will. Yeah. 
I love that because I feel like we've talked a lot about that across different topics. I was just thinking that. Having grace for yourself and the idea that grief is a journey and there... There's never like a, all right, it's done. Like I've I've met it complete. Never. Like it's always evolving. It's always changing. It'll look different 30 years from mm-hmm. now. I just love mm-hmm. kind of the, the parallels there to some other things that we've talked about. It's awesome. Yeah, just giving yourself space and time and self-care to know that you don't have to act like somebody else has acted and yeah. you don't have to force yourself to do anything. And other you have other people in this world that you can reach out to. It's such good advice. It's, it's, it's true. It's very being patient with your, it's, it's just be gentle. I always say just be gentle on yourself and like, and feel what your heart wants you to feel at that time. I feel like for me, it was always like, okay. And a lot of our grieving moms do this way where it's like, it's been a year, it's been a year and a half. People expect us to be over it. And it's not. And it's kind of like, I feel like I often will push the pain away at this point in my process and, and move to Hayden Park and say, okay, what can I do? Yeah. But it's not fair to do that. You know, I'll stop and say, I'm going to be sad. It's okay. I'm going to be sad today because that's what my heart tells me to do. And yeah. And that's what's so many, it's not just grief. It's so many things, you know? You're so right. The main thing I've, I've realized, and I've not gone through anything that you've been through, but it's just giving yourself the grace to say, I'm allowed to feel the way that I'm feeling. Because when you try and block it, you're just fighting against what is, and it just makes everything so much worse. Yeah. And And being really connected and having intuition, I mean the better you're able to identify those feelings, mm-hmm. just I think the the better you can handle them and, you know, deal with them. Just following your intuition and kind of listening to your body and having a better understanding. And just knowing that everything, the universe will give you a sign if when you're meant to get your sign. And I think that's what happened with you. Like you just said, you finally, you felt called to do something and it'll work its way out the way it's supposed to work its way out. It's true. And I, for me, I also feel like it's Hayden too. That like I always get these yeah. thoughts in my head, these projects, and I'm always like, all right, like I can't let him go because I know that that's what he wants. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, one of the new initiatives we're doing is called Hayden's Holiday, where we're sending five bereaved families on a little weekend getaway the year 2017, who lost a child in 2016. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Make-A-Wish, but a very oh, smaller yeah. version and for bereaved families. So, you know, like I, for me, I always feel like my callings come, I, it just comes to you. And I feel like I truly do believe that it's, it's him saying like, okay, here's what's next. Let's oh, do this I believe it too. And, yeah. I 100% believe that he's there like <laughs> whispering in your ear. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Don't quit. <you> know? <laughs> There's more to be done. It's cool. So where can our listeners learn more about you and Hayden's Heart? And if they want to donate or if they want to participate in the Sing Challenge and all of these things, where can they go? Fantastic. Yeah. So we have a website. Um, it's Hayden'sHeart.org. And we have a Facebook page, Hayden's Heart. And you have an Instagram because yes. I already found it. We have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Hayden's Heart Inc. I think is our Instagram and our Twitter is Hayden, at Hayden's Heart Inc. Um, we have all those, you know, all the social media. I write a blog. Um, not very, I don't write as much as I used to, but there's, if you want to find out more about Hayden's life and his history, and that's all on my blog. And now I just update with what we do in the foundation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll put some pieces in there about where I'm at with my grief and hopefully can help some people along the way. But yeah, the Sing Your Heart Out for Hayden Challenge is awesome. Um, you know, there's details about that on our, um, uh, my blog, on our, on our web- website, our Facebook page. Um, but we would love anybody that wants to join in on that and sing so, and just be, have fun with it. And, you know, I did all this challenge on the 1st of February. And then the, um, on the 2nd, I then posted an Instagram, which you may have also seen about CHD awareness. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was like, I'm at the time where I'm, a, I, not that I want to make it 
you know, fun, but I, mean, I want it to be like some catchy. I want people to catch on to something and, and want to enjoy doing this with us. But it's real. Like I, you know, I, the picture I posted the next day was a picture of uh, my son's school calendar. That uh, February seventh is is kindergarten registration date, which is when I would have registered Hayden for mm-hmm, kindergarten yeah. on Tuesday. So like punch gets in my gut, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to post something and say like, it, it, you know, we're having fun with our singing, and that's really, and we want you to join that. But it is so real. Like CHD awareness is, is so unknown. It's so not covered, and it's a real thing that affects real families. And you know, so as fun as it is to to sing your heart out and, you know, hopefully maybe donate some funds. You know, the heart of it is to help these kids that are still fighting and help these moms right. who are battling now getting through the loss of their child. Yes, definitely. I'm so glad that we had a listener that contacted us and told us to check you out. And I'm just so thankful for that. I mean, I personally had to look up what all of this meant, you know, and I was so unaware. And now just hearing your story today and doing my own research has just brought so much light to this this issue. And I'm excited for our listeners to learn more and for me to explore more. Um, and it's just been really wonderful to have yeah. you on the podcast today. Definitely. Thank you. And I'm super excited that she kind when she contacted me, I was like, that's what I, you know, I was very honored. So thank you for grabbing onto that and allowing me to share our story and spread awareness for this. Um, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for talking with us. We will make sure to let all of our listeners, um, we'll link over to all of your information yeah. so they can donate, sing, learn, Mm -hmm. all of the above. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So we really hope you enjoyed the episode with Addie Dorsett. It was a really inspiring conversation. And I know personally, I was not aware of CHD and that it was the leading cause of death in infants. And this month being Heart Awareness Month and this week, specifically this week, um, 7th through the 14th is CHD Awareness Week. We really hope that you can take something out of this episode and head on over to her website, donate if you feel like it, or participate in the Sing Challenge. Anything we can do to bring some light to this this issue. Yes, spread awareness. You know, as you learn, you know, she talked a lot about how a lot of people just don't know what an issue this is. So help spread awareness. Help, help spread the message far and wide and get people talking about this. Absolutely. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we stumbled upon this topic from a listener Mm -hmm. actually giving us an idea and giving us a topic to discuss and to reach out to somebody. And it was just amazing. I know that me and Liz were so excited when we had a listener that came to us. And you too, if there is anything that you've been thinking, I would really love for them to discuss or I would really enjoy listening to whoever. Yeah, or I know in in the case of this, you know, I know a really inspiring woman who's doing amazing things. Like you've got to tell her story. We will reach out. We will absolutely reach out and have them on the podcast or talk about whatever you guys want to hear. We're ready. So yeah, head on over to our Instagram or send us a message on Facebook. You can email us at wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. Any of those sources. And as always, if you're enjoying what you're hearing or not, head on over (laughs) to iTunes. (laughs) Subscribe. You don't have to subscribe if you you don't don't like like it. it. But if you want to, that's cool. Um, We really love reading your reviews. We just got another one and it made my heart happy. So send us a review. Write us a review. We would be forever grateful. Thanks. Keep shining. Keep shining. And we will see you guys next week.